This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey, everybody! <laughs> Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. You all know who I am at this point. I'm, I'm Joel. What's up? It's Cape Joel. What's going on, guys? We're true to form, back to basics. And today, we've got a whopper of an episode for you. Uh, we were talking about the idea of what we were going to do for this episode, talk about the topics that we got. We got a breadth of topics, but we thought we'd bring it back to its roots, talk about some old, good old-fashioned comic book stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, people have indulged us as we've gone elsewhere with yes. the Elseworld Exchange, you know, explored crazy out there ideas and magic powers, but now we're bringing it back to basics. We're getting the band back together. Exactly. So that we can then later on go off the beaten track again, and people aren't like, this is even about comics this is about bullshit why are we talking about hybrid cars today this isn't it's, even close to what we're talking it's, it's that classic thing they say in hollywood for actors where it's like you do one for them and you do one for you right. is what it is oh my god have you seen that um that coffee commercial with george clooney and danny devito no no there's i this, haven't there's this friggin hoity-toity coffee commercial where the two of them are doing a doing a show or a movie or something and it, they, you know they're on their break and they go get coffee and they you know Danny DeVito wants whatever George is drinking and so they go on a trip to go get the coffee he's drinking and I'm looking at it and I just go I turn to Tiffany and I go I guess George Clooney wants to make another fucking movie about sad dads <laughs> He does that really. What was his last sad? The Descendants. That yeah. was his sad dad. Which Descendants is a, actually a really good movie. It's from the same guys who did Sideways. If you love sad dad movies, that is like the Cadillac of sad exactly. dad. Exactly. But like this man, every time he wants to make a movie for himself, he goes like, "I guess I'll make another Oceans movie." And yeah. the last two times he did that, everyone was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And he's <sighs> like, "Oh shit. Okay. Well, I guess I gotta." make tomorrow land oh yeah that was a thing that yeah. exists it was a thing it was a thing that died on the vine a, a thing that further adds more uh fuel to the theory that uh brad bird is a card carrying objectivist because all of his movies seem to carry these huge objectivist themes to them oh no question but uh you know but also the movie didn't do well at all <laughs> No, no but it's like guys it's a disney movie based on another disney ride did you ride. see what did you see what those Pirates of the Caribbean movie did? This will do the same thing. That's right. And you know what? I liked the idea and I never, I just never caught it. But I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looked beautiful from the trailers. Yeah. It looked nice. Um, so today we're going to talk about some rogues gallery for villains. Mm. But before we do that, we thought we'd soften up the crowd a little bit by revisiting some old glory days of uh, my inspiration for this channel, <laughs> which is Wizard Magazine. Um, and take the top 10 heroes of the time mm -hmm. and hit them against the top 10 villains of the time and see who would come out on top. So I'm gonna, we're going to test our comic book knowledge of 20 years ago. And Sounds good to me. Chat with uh, and and see you know who would reign supreme, and then get into the actual topic. So now, I, I, of course, you did this famously before, back when you were just doing your regular Q and As without me. And I was a big fan true. of the Wizard Magazine episode that you did, where Thank it's like you, you know, what, what will the future be according to Wizard Magazine? Uh, and 
And some things they were kind of close to, and in other ones, it's like, you could not have been way oh, more way off. For the most part, they had no idea. Like, they weren't even close. And what I realized, what I learned recently was, apparently, most of the wizard stabbers, this breaks my heart. This, this, this is a nut kick for me. Because, as I understand it, most wizard writers were fucking teenagers. Really? Yeah. Like, that's kind of amazing like and, and we're not talking editors, like jim shooter wonderkin works for the comics like we're talking like actual teenagers no like one of the editors was just garib shamus's high school aged brother like <laughs> just ugh, and like and they flew these children to go interview alan moore and i'm like and i was sitting in, in high school just like writing thesis papers comparing 1984 to like dark knight returns and I'm like, oh, you mean I could have easily been writing for Wizard? I mean, all I had to do was just have a pulse? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> also, I was taking this shit as Bible truth. It's just a bunch of fucking kids. They don't know shit. <laughs> Which I'm sure is what many people would say about, uh, you know, comic-based YouTubers, right? That's true. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that the comic book community, the comic book creative community, <laughs> oh i'm sure well it's like i think some like us because you know there's like a younger crowd that's coming up right now that's like the same age as we are but like the guys in between and oh the guys who are older well, and, and, and you can tell from like the people who just choose not to interact with youtube and the internet at all oh yeah oh well, when we did uh when i wanted to do uh when we thought that talking to creators was something that the audience wanted which you've you've all collectively and resoundingly said no we don't care what those people who make the puppets do the things I like say. We just care about the puppets themselves and the adventures they go on. Yeah. So, fine. But when we thought you cared about that kind of thing, we used to do a lot of creator interviews, and we tried to launch a podcast called Big Shots, which I thought I've was really fun. I like that show a lot, but we... but. All the creators well, that we could talk to. We actually to. interviewed a couple of the same people, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, no kidding. Did yeah. You, uh, yeah. Uh, but none of them wanted to do... Like they couldn't do Skype, they couldn't do vid, and they one of them didn't want to do video. Like he's just like, we can't, I can't do video. Like and that's, not like I, I don't know how, but like I'm not gonna do that. That's that's why you got to pick your people. That's why you know like you you go after the young people, like you know your Kyle Higgins and your Marguerite Bennett, people who are basically our age, right? They, who just also succeeded when we're <laughs> where we failed. Yeah, or you go to the people who are just like, you know, the veteran self-promoters, the guys who see themselves as fans. Jeannie Palmiotti is an amazing interview. That That's man true. is up for everything. That man is super cool. Yeah. That guy's just down for it. But yes, I, I definitely get what you're saying for that because I've done quite a few interviews myself and I agree. They don't do nearly as well as you think they would do, even though it's personally a notch in my own belt. Exactly. And like, yeah, you can't. Uh, anyway. So one of my favorite notches in my belt just recently, and sadly, this interview is lost on some of, you know, my boss co-hosts hard drive that I need to get back. I got to interview David Kay, the famous voice actor, you know, voice of Megatron, voice of like Clank from Ratchet and Clank. Nice. Dude is from like basically the same town that I'm from. Oh, He's like shit. from the other town over. And I blew his mind when I said this is where I'm from which is small podunk Canadian town. And he's like, dude, people from where I grew up actually did stuff and actually <laughs> did things and actually have a presence. I'm like, I know, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I wish we could do more relevant stuff. Like, I want to talk to some, like, voice actors and stuff, but number one, meh, they're not interested. Number two, eh, it's not really relevant to what we're doing. But Comic Pop does kind of, is, is a little bit more of an umbrella you know, shows like the Elseworlds Exchange hopefully will will broaden our horizons and allow us to like kind of leap. That's into the dream. Things. 
Um, but you know, comics, comics, number one, comics first, that's, that's where my bread and butter is. That's what I know mm-hmm. that and like movies, but you know, we're not, but you know what? Like we've said this before, red letter media does everything I'd, I would ever want to do with a movie <laughs> channel. So I'll just watch them and do comics. But, uh, okay. So here we go, guys, you have to understand these are from wizard magazine, which but is a magazine. What year? I believe it's 1996. That makes sense because we're going to see. Yeah, and like, like some of these characters are only as old as like 1995. Right, exactly. So, all right. We're going with top 10 heroes versus top 10 villains. Mm-hmm. Just one for one. So, if yep. they're some of these are going to be pretty quick. Uh, number one or number 10, the, the Incredible Hulk versus Fair. Bullseye. Okay, this fight seems incredibly one-sided to me. I think Bullseye is dead within the hour. And that's nothing from Bullseye. I mean, Bullseye is a truly, you know, terrifying villain, you know, oh written God. really well. Yeah, he he is he is a psycho terrorist and he he would definitely, you know, he he he's already infected the mind and the and ruined the lives of so many street-level heroes. Mm-hmm. But and, second, and he does it for the lulls basically. Right. He's yeah, he doesn't care who he ruins and why. He is probably the closest Marvel has. I know some people would argue with this. I mean, I think Bullseye is the Marvel equivalent of the Joker, honestly. Like, I know some people would say, no, it's Carnage, or some people would say, no, it's Green Goblin. I would say just in terms of evil for evil's sake, it's Bullseye. And also the fact that after all these years, we still don't really know anything about Bullseye. We don't know his real name. We don't, and you don't have to know. No, I like that a lot. I would definitely take that, that idea I've always kind of equated Green Goblin with with uh, with Joker, but they couldn't be more disparate in their origins and in their approaches. Uh, but Joker I still, couldn't run a company. But I would, yeah. But I could. But he's also a brilliant chemist, so he's sometimes also got though. that. Go- yeah, sometimes. But that's a crossover that I've never seen that I would that I would pay double to see. Not not just a comic Joker meets Green Goblin. It's got to be a Batman Spider Man comic. Of Joker versus Green Guy. I'd read the hell of that. My right? favorite my favorite bullseye moment has to be from Bendis's uh yeah, from Bendis's Daredevil run. Yeah. Near the end where uh, uh Matt Murdock he's dating a blind woman and everything's going really well. And oh no, Matt Murdock can't have things go too well in his life for too long. And you know, right. she's asleep and like he's away doing hero stuff in Bullseye, he's just sitting there at the end of the bed when oh. she wakes up and she's like, Matt, is that he was like, No. No, it's not. And then he and then he says the creepiest fucking thing I've ever heard where he's like, it was always so fast before. She's like, what? You know, when I killed the other women he loved, oh it was so fast. I didn't really get to enjoy myself, but I'm going to enjoy myself this time. That is that's Bendis at his best. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Daredevil comes and they have a knockdown drag out fight in the street and he yeah. damn near kills him. Um, have you read Daredevil End of Days or End or End of Yeah, I think it's Daredevil End of Days. It's the best. I read I read the first issue of that. I always meant to finish it though. Loved it. Uh, I loved that series. It was so awesome. I hear they're gonna do a sequel. I can't wait. Really, the, the way I heard it is like you know, hey, it's the final days of Daredevil as yeah. written by Bendis. If all the other stuff in between his run and this didn't happen, yes. <laughs> Which I'll take it. It's yeah. freaking brilliant. So the first Daredevil run I ever read. Loved it. Oh, nice. But uh, Hulk versus Bullseye, I think Hulk just tears through everything until he gets to him, and then that's the end of it. That's that's basically the end. You know, here's a question that I would like to pose to you, because obviously you know your comics, you know your stuff. You would probably have a very intelligent response to this, because mm-hmm. it, it's an argument I've had with my own friends numerous times. 
the angrier Hulk gets, the more powerful he becomes. Correct. Is there is there a lid on that? Is there a point where he becomes so angry he can't possibly get any more angry you than know, he is? I've actually discussed this on back issues with the guys, and I put I posit we've never seen him at his peak. Really? You think so? I think e so. E even like World Breaker Hulk, when it's like, ah, you sent me away, you killed the woman I, I love. I think her. that's the most angry we've ever seen him. And even then, he still had like a personality. He still had yeah. like consciousness. I think that if you took the banner out of him and then put him in a position like that, like if you killed the Hulk's puppy in front of him with no <laughs> banner in his mind, you he might shatter the earth. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but I think Hulk Hulk's gonna give it to Bullseye. I think that's the end of it. Okay. Yeah, that's it's it, it's a very unfair match. It is. It is. Uh, next one up is also unfair. Uh, back in the day, the top nine, the number nine hero was Firestorm. Really? What was Firestorm doing in '95? Not much, from what I remember. I mean, like he's, at least he, he, he ain't doing the most he's doing today is he's on the Flash show, and that's the most he's ever done in god decades. It's true. It's true. Uh, but back then, I mean, like, they were kind of playing with his character a little bit more, giving him, like, I don't remember him really doing anything. <laughs> but his opponent is Sabretooth. Who I, who I have always liked Sabretooth. I think he is genius in simplicity mm -hmm. as yes. a villain. The the worst he the worst Sabretooth is is when you is when you overly complicate him or you try Absolutely. to civilize him. Like Sabretooth being I always viewed Sabretooth as kind of like that brilliant yet savage evil kind of like your bullseye for wolverine mm. where he's just like i hate you so much but i'm also so smart and so savage i will kill anyone but in the worst ways i'm not just gonna rip them up I, I will i will stalk them and then break into their house and then and then just destroy them and then i'll kill them and you're like uh, what does that mean saber i always really liked the x-men evolution version mm -hmm. Of Sabretooth, who was just, oh, he had no plan. He had no great agenda. He just waited in the wings and fucked with Wolverine whenever yeah. he had the chance. He was like, hey, it's your birthday. I'm going to come and kill you. We're going to try to come and kill you. Exactly. No, that's my favorite Sabretooth. It's just like Wolverine is sent on a mission by the X-Men. He's got to go do something. And then Sabretooth shows up. He's like, I don't care about your X-Men stuff. I just care that you're alone. Rah! <laughs> like, cool I, fight. I, I, I live to ruin your day, and I want you to forever live in fear. Yeah, then I'll ruin it. Like, anytime yeah, you have a nice time, I know you're there, and I'll ruin it. And it's because, you know, you might be able to beat me. You and I, we are essentially immortal. We will yep. do this battle till the end of time is the thing. But eventually some of your friends and family are going to get caught in the crossfire of yes. me. And that is what I live for, is for those moments when, you know, Wolverine says, oh, I'm going out on my own. Don't follow me, Rogue, Jubilee, whoever. And then they do fall, and he's like, oh, goody, this made my day. Exactly. Oh, good, you made some friends. And, and interestingly, like, they've tried to change him around now to yeah. where he's one of the few characters who actually stayed good in the, like, lead out of access. Yeah, which they don't want you to remember or talk about. They're just like, yeah, no, uh, so Sabretooth turned good. He does that sometimes. Don't think about the event that made him good, though. Moving on. Yeah, he, he was on, on the Uncanny Avengers team for, like, five issues in a story that was totally not about him. But now he's going to be on Magneto's new Uncanny Avenger, so he's going to get to be a supporting player there. I, I like Sabretooth as a supporting player. I like him hanging out. I like him when he uh, kind of bounces off these other characters, even though he's been in a weird place of discontinuity. Because yeah. it's like in the Wolverine book, he's like, oh, I'm a master planner. I'm doing this. But then like in the yeah. Bendis X-Men books, he's like, oh, I'm like the caged animal of Mystique. I got to do what she tells me to do. Yeah, it's weird. 
Um, in the case of Sabretooth versus Firestorm, I mean, Firestorm died by being stabbed. <laughs> so, I, f I mean, like, and stabbed and then he explodes. I feel like since Sabretooth has razor sharp claws and very, very quick reflexes, I think he would just eventually cut through him. It wasn't like that that uh, that Firestorm was cut with an enchanted blade or anything. It <laughs> just was just a regular. It was just shade stabbed him and then he exploded. So I think that that's I think that that's the end of that's the end of Firestorm. But maybe plus two, you got to remember he's the nuclear man. He can like transmogrify stuff. So like maybe I don't know. He could turn him into dust or something. Like try try and heal from being turned into dust. That's true. So I mean like. I... I think if, if Sabretooth claws Firestorm, that's the end of Firestorm. Because we've seen that if you cut him, he dies. D don't count out Flight, though, is but the thing. Flight true. is always a good ace in the hole. It's like, oh, you can't get me up here, Sabretooth. I just flew away from you. And then blasted you with some elemental energy. Remember remember in Forever Evil, in the lead up to that, they kept saying, oh, Firestorm's going to be important because he can turn, you know, like matter into Krypton. He's going to be so important, mm -hmm. Firestorm. He's going to be a key. And then he never did the thing they set him up to do. Yeah. Yeah. No. But he's getting a miniseries now because he's popular on television. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, the chat just reminded me, actually, with Shiny Night Sword. So it does, it, you, it does need to be magic. So technically... Oh, it was an enchanted blade. I don't know if it magic had anything to do with it, but I think it was just super sharp. So whatever. But the point being, I don't know. I, I guess I'd give it to Firestorm just because of how like he could legitimately just atomize Sabretooth. And he's a bit OP. Yeah, and Sabretooth doesn't have the same kind of like red blood cell growth into a human being mm. healing factor that, that Wolverine has. He, he's good, but he's not Wolverine, which is another thing that always impacts his character. Yes. The feeling of knowing he's not as good as Wolverine every day. <laughs> I can do basically the same things. In many ways, I'm the same character, only, you know, I embrace my animalistic side where right. Wolverine denies it every day and runs from it. It's true. It's, um, it's that classic dark mirror thing that I love so much. I am a dark mirror to you. Yes. And those are always the best. Those are always the best villains. That's mm -hmm. how you can measure a great villain or a great hero is by how well reflective their hero, their villains are, their rogues are. If I inverse you, what do you become? Exactly. Uh, so then number eight, the top eight character back in the day was Professor X. I'm assuming because of Onslaught. I guess. Uh, and then versus Carnage. Yeah, this is a 90s list, all right, and it's going to get even more 90s oh, as time goes wait on. Wait until we get, yeah, but uh, I think Professor X just shuts him down. I mean, that's that's the thing. Professor X is a god mod. He's playing, <laughs> with, all, he's playing with all the cheats turned on, Professor X. Yeah, I mean, like, you could argue that the symbiote can be made into knives and he could stretch it. Doesn't matter. If it needs to be a brain to be operated, that's the end of it. Now... A symbiote does have a mind, but it's not quite a human mind, so maybe. But Professor X does have experience with otherworldly beings. You know, he's met the Shi'ar, he's tapped yeah. into Lilandra's mind. It could be that he might have gleaned some kind of information about the symbiotes and how to shut them down. I mean, like, wouldn't it be funny, Professor X versus Carnage? Oh, hey, I just went into your mind and I made you sane. How do you like that? Yeah, how do you like that? I just put you into a box. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of that, you crazy redneck. <laughs> Yes, meanwhile, let me get uh, Sunspot or something to burn that parasite <laughs> off of your body. I imagine, you know, uh, Cletus Cassie would probably be really mad at Professor. He's like, oh, look at you, just another stuffed shirt oh, liberal, you God. know, in your fancy mansion house. Yeah, he'd be he'd, uh, the Harvard like, intelligentsia. 
You think you're better than me just because you have a PhD in shiny wheels that you move around on? <laughs> I, I actually love the idea they're playing with recently with uh, Carnage is just like a dumbass redneck. Yeah. I absolutely kind of love that characterization. <laughs> it is definitely at least characterization, which is more than I could say for what he was back in the day, which is true. Which is like, I am death. I mean, I did like the idea of... I I, I liked... Uh, I want to say it was... Uh, Demetrius's interpretation of Carnage, where he's like, where he had no personality, and Demetrius is like, yeah, he's a person who had no, who has no background, who has no life, who has no like identity, and he's just like, I now have the power to kill on a large scale. I'm death, like I am destroyer death incarnate, like, but I'm also an asshole. Like, <laughs> it's not just yeah. I am death, destroyer of worlds. I am death and also a douche. And a ginger too, a redneck ginger serial killer. Yeah, yeah. What a what a combination of things there <laughs> that they're having. I actually kind of liked when they turned to, again to bring it back to Axis. I liked that three part arc where they turned him good for a minute, where he was like, "I'm still a killer that's still in the back of my mind, but ah, oh, I gotta fight that though." Right. Like, he did good, but not because he wanted to, because he was literally turned inside out, and he was clearly not enjoying being a hero, but he did it anyway. Yeah, I like that idea. I don't know if I like it in Carnage, just because I just... Carnage, man. Friggin' Carnage. Friggin' Carnage. Always with the... I loved in the 90s cartoon show when they brought him in, and he couldn't actually kill people, so he's like, I I will drain your energy. Well, they couldn't even morbius be a vampire for god's sake well how are they like i remember when they were brought in carnage i'm like at that point i'm like stop okay plasma. you can't yeah i must have plasma i'm my so weird, sad from my weird sucker hands <laughs> yeah oh felicia i love you man friggin michael morbius was proto uh edward cullen oh wasn't he god, uh, just a yeah. sad vampire he was just he was too gross looking if he was a pretty man i mean he was when he wasn't a vampire but I love just how, like, unironically, like, when the writers wrote him as just, like, the worst kind of Euro-trash Lothario. Oh, my God. Yeah, he totally, he totally was. With a bad with his, face. With his Fabio haircut and oh everything. Oh, God. And his black coat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that. But, man, I wanted that black coat back. And I'm like, man, that looks so good. Oh, it probably I had would. that black coat, man. Let me tell you. Like, <laughs> me and Kevin Smith had a lot in common. And it wasn't just a, a, pre- a predilection for dick jokes. It was also... Cool cape esque coats does a lot for a person's you know self worth and everything and yeah. for your charisma. Just get a big long black Just coat. A big long black coat makes you look like you makes you feel like Superman. Makes you feel like Superman. And then you know, of course, I, I think a lot has been done to ruin the image of the trench coat over the last couple of years. But at least it's not as bad as the fedora. The fedora I always wanted to make it work. And it was pre like milady, like it was before all that. Mm. So like, but I was wanting to make it work. I put it on. I'm like, I look like an asshole, and I just put it back. I'm like, the only way I can make this fedora work is if I get an Indiana Jones costume yeah. and wear it in conjunction, which I did in college, and I looked pimp. Not to well, say like I look awesome, but like that Indiana Jones costume was on point. Yeah, I was gonna say the only other way you can get you know away with wearing a fedora is if you are an old Italian man. So I mean. <laughs> Give it 30 years, Sal, and then you can totally rock as many fedoras as you want and no one can complain. This is true. But I I know that I'll look like a tool. Uh, <laughs> in your in your heart of hearts, you will know. It's true. Um, okay. Number seven was Spawn versus the Joker. And Joker only at number seven. That's interesting he in this have, 90s it was 1996. List. He didn't really have much going on. The thing is, like, Joker doesn't have a shit ton of great stories. 
He has peaks and valleys is what he has. Oh, yeah. Like, he has maybe three amazing stories. And in one of them, he's just a side character. Like, Dark Knight Returns, they tried to make that movie all about Joker. He's a footnote. Yeah. Like, Joker's not the villain of Dark Knight Returns. No. Um, he's a villain who is in the book, but it doesn't matter. Like he, it's, funny, it's funny they're doing a new Joker story right now. I don't know if you saw, but it's Batman Europa, which came out today. Yes, I'm going to do it on Off the Rack, but I haven't yet read it. I'm looking forward to doing that. I, I finished my review and sent it off just recently. I think you may actually be pleasantly surprised. Cool. Oh, so uh, I think Spawn probably, right? I mean, he's, I mean, he, he again, Spawn is another God Mod character. He's another 90s creation who was playing with all the cheats on. And it's yeah, he is he is totally OP in the in the in the in the point. I mean like Spawn always got his ass handed to him even though he can't die and he has like mm. and he has like hellborn plasma uh you know um necroplasmic powers. But uh I don't know. I I think that he's also got military training. He also has access to weapons. He's, he knows the terrain. I think that I think the Joker unfortunately would Especially with no prep time, I think that's the end of it. He's he's got that great cape that makes it so McFarlane doesn't have to draw all that much that's if he doesn't right. want he just to. Fills the scenes. Um, the next one I actually really like. This one's really cool. Doctor Strange. It's number six mm -hmm. versus Rachel Ghoul. I like this one too. This is interesting. Now, at first, you might think Doctor Strange because he's the Sorcerer Supreme. He has all this amazing magic power. Mm -hmm. Rish kind of does too, but he doesn't shove it in your face. His amazing magical powers. Yeah. Uh, Rish has been around long enough to have access to some of Doctor Strange's spells. Might be mm -hmm. able to outthink him because of his experiences and knowledge. Um, the other thing is, he can't die. He also has an army behind him, so he could literally just keep throwing dudes at Doctor Strange yeah. until Doctor Strange got tired. It's true. I mean, like, now Doctor Strange could also just open a portal and leave anytime he wants to. That, too. That's but, interesting. Because, I mean, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, the League of Shadows, he could just open up a portal as they're running at him, and then that's the end of it. Uh, but as, as in a, just a, just a straight-up fight between Raish and, 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 and Steve... I think I gotta go with, go with Raish. He's a master I, swordsman. He's 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 immortal. In you a hand-to-hand -hand fight, Raish takes strange fight, apart. Yeah. Now Doc does have a couple of amenities that that would help him out. The, the cloak levitation is also sentient, so it could also help him out. Might be able to disarm uh, Raish Al Ghul, but uh, I don't know. I mean, like, and he's and you also of course have in your back pocket uh, the fact that if any one of Raish's minions has survived, he'll just you know take him like take him back That's to the Lazarus Pit. Yeah. Uh, now, Doctor Strange does also have a couple other things. He has the Eye of Agamotto, mm -hmm. which allows him to see into the soul of Rachel Ghoul and maybe flip it around at him, maybe use some mind games on him. I don't know. Uh, I think that might freak him the hell out if he looked into his soul. He'd be like, oh, God. Yeah, you are a freak, but uh, I don't know. But Man, you treat your albino son so mean, Rachel yeah. Ghoul. Now, that said, he could also throw Wong at him. That, that too. He's like, hey, you got your army. I have this one Asian man who is amazing and does everything. It's true. Now, Wong might be... Now, Wong, I'm sure, is probably an expert in a lot of things. If it was Danny Rand versus Rachel Ghoul, I don't know. But I don't know. I, I don't know if Wong actually knows how to master... If he's a swordsman. But he Good is question. a badass, so... Well, look, I mean, if you're fighting Ra's al Ghul, obviously you need to get shirtless and have a sword fight with oh, him on yeah. top of a bunch and, of dudes. And if you are fighting, you and if you are having a sword fight and it is, it is against Ra's al Ghul, then you must have a lot of chest hair. 
that too because that was the style at the time yeah, because see? that is what uh, neil adams thought lo- men looked like <laughs> oh neil man you see he's doing a new superman book now rise of the supermen yes i saw that and it's the old costume yeah well it's a little bit of weird because he did like a variant cover of like the the my ward is a junkie but it's robin and yeah, i saw and batman that. and he did like this hodgepodge of the costumes he likes drawing and the 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 new 52 dc mm-hmm. costumes and he's like i don't know He's, he's doing like. that for every book that month too. You know, Aquaman is you know Black Manta with Joker's five way revenge with the big card and everything. Huh, that's cool. He's doing that for everyone. It's funny that Ward is a junkie thing. I love that piece of art so much. That's actually hanging on my wall. I'm sure people who watch my videos will yes. know that it's there and it's signed by Neil Adams oh, too. That's awesome. It's my favorite piece. I don't know why it's my favorite piece. I just love that image. I, well, it's because I'm a huge Green Arrow fan, and that's you like go. you know one of the most iconic uh, images with him on it. Yeah, I think actually the cover of this episode is a Neil Adams cover of Batman nice. vs. Joker. Um, all right, next one up is The Flash, which is interesting, versus mm. Doomsday. Now, hasn't this fight actually happened I've a couple times? I've never seen The Flash fight Doomsday, and he certainly didn't do it during the original doomsday saga right because that like, was what the, the hell man like no one like wonder woman didn't show up flash didn't show up you Nobody... had the crafties 90s justice league you had bloodwind bloodwind and maxima and ice and booster gold before booster gold really got cool right before anyone gave a crap back when they were like let's get rid of a couple of these crappy characters and <laughs> well, guy gardner with an inferiority complex which is i mean so basically guy gardner um I think Doomsday is going to beat the beat him unless unless Barry pulls some time shit. Well, because that's the thing about the Flash. He has gotten consistently and considerably more powerful yes. as time has gone on. They have written him. Well, the, mostly thank you, Jeff Johns. They have written him more powers and more abilities. And again, like you said, crazy time bullcrap. Yeah. I mean, like now Flash beat the Black Racer technically. So, I yeah. mean, you know. Maybe he could push him into the time. Here's the thing. In Superman Hunter Prey, mm-hmm. a Wave Rider nice. took Doomsday into the end of time and killed him that way. Mm-hmm. So technically, Barry could do the same thing. Are we thinking, would a Flash mock punch, like, you know, run all the way around the Earth oh, and just punch a dude? Yeah, like he did with... Uh, Brainiac Luther in mm, that amazing episode. <laughs> yeah, boy, that's I what mean, I'm talking about. I think at the end, of the, I think legitimately, like if Flash were to do that at some point or another, Doomsday's just gonna clothesline him. <laughs> I mean, because you figure it's like you know with his big fight with Superman, it's like, hey, I hit you in the right place, you hit me in the right place. If Flash could hit him in that, maybe go to the future, talk to Superman, be like, yes. hey, how did you beat Doomsday? Oh, I hit him here. Okay, awesome. Then goes back in time, mock yeah. punches him in that place. Now it. it they, Back then, it was Wally West. That's the Flash they're thinking oh, of. So. so, ooh, we're playing by 90s rule that, ooh, Barry could do it. Wally, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I love you, Wally. You're a fan favorite. People want you back for a reason. <sighs> don't think you could beat Doomsday, though. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to give it to Doomsday. Yeah, but, but again, Doomsday. God mod villain. A guy created, like, Doomsday is not a character. No. Doomsday is a plot, plot device. device. Yeah, he's just how to beat Superman, make a rage monster. Yeah, he is a walking, talking plot device yep. who, who people love him for all the wrong reasons because it's like, why? Because he's the most powerfulest yeah, one. Yeah, the That's same why. reason why everyone loves the Silver Surfer because he's the most powerful guy ever. Um, the next one's interesting. Uh, number four, Wonder Woman 
which mm. I'm really happy to see she was on like that high on the list back then. And number four, what was what was Wonder Woman doing in '95? Yeah, I mean, like she was, it was consistent, good work. The art I remember was amazing back then. Um, versus Thanos. Wow, which which is funny, you know, if this list was made today, I think Thanos would be top three. But the fact that he was still four even in the still '90s says a lot. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see this fight anyway. Yeah, but me I, too. I, I, mean, I think with without the gauntlet, yeah. I think Wonder Woman stands a pretty good chance, actually. I think she could go shot for shot with Thanos. Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially if she's carrying. Like, if she's got a weapon of any kind, that's Which, the of course, she would have her lasso, you yeah. know? Yeah, oh, yeah, the lasso. I mean, Thanos is OP and immeasurably strong, but... And, and he does have death on his side, but Wonder Woman knows death as well, so... Yeah. It's like, look, you you may be like a titan, but I know real titans. I am like the daughter <laughs> of like ancient Greece. Yeah. You know, c come at me, Thanos, bro. That would be a cool fight. That I, would be it. The, the more I think about it, the cooler it gets, actually. Yeah, right? Uh, back then, I think they might would they might give it to Wonder Woman. I think Thanos is too powerful. I think just he's... I've never seen any evidence to prove that he's just so freaking powerful, but I think he's just technically too powerful. I, like, I think if, if Thor, Black Bolt can yeah. fight him the way he did in that famous story, I think Wonder Woman could do pretty well. But then again, I mean, freaking Black Bolt unloaded on him with the voice, and that just, you know, only kind of hurt him. Yeah, I think the argument is if Thor can beat Thanos, then I think Wonder Woman can probably beat Thanos. I would agree with that theory as but well. But I don't think Thor can beat Thanos. Mm, on his own mm -hmm. yeah just him but what if he drops the hammer on him and just like leaves it there like ha 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 you can't lift it because you're unworthy now you're stuck under the hammer right i don't know i don't think they would i mean like obviously they wouldn't even do it but i don't know i surprised think... thor doesn't try that trick more often right I like that. every time i know it like listen i know yay verily it works <laughs> yeah just like some say i am cheating others say that i am just exploiting yeah. thing in the code it's it, it's not a glitch it's a feature <laughs> perchance i am a master strategist <laughs> yeah really me do good now yeah um so yeah i think i'm gonna give it to thanos but i think it would be an amazing fight and i think it would and i think a rematch would definitely be in order now, again, I haven't been keeping up with the new Wonder Woman book. Does Wonder Woman get extra power from being the god of war? Because I know she was. I, mean, I assume she would, but I don't know. I'm not reading any Wonder Woman right now. I'm not reading it. I, the, the Azarello run was too dark and mean-spirited for me. And, and apparently the Finch's the run is just dumb. Apparently it's fizzling out really hard because there's some major revelation that's going to happen in Dark Side War, which I think is making the Finches apprehensive about writing anything with yeah, Wonder Woman. I would. Yeah. Uh, the next one up is Superman, number three, naturally. He's, he was, you know, dying or coming back to life or whatever back then. Uh, You'd have a mullet at this point in yes, history. mullet Superman versus Magneto. Oh. Hmm. I think Superman. I mean, again, Superman wins every fight. There is no, there is no roof on Superman. He can do whatever he wants. Magneto is an incredibly cool, incredibly fascinating villain is the yes. thing. Uh, wonderfully sympathetic, wonderfully drawn, and consistently interesting throughout his whole history. Yeah, and it would be an epic fight. Like, I will bring all of Metropolis oh down God, on top yeah. of you. Fucking Magneto just rolls into Metropolis, picks up the Daily Planet, and just goes, like, bring it. I mean, it basically look like a Man of Steel. <laughs> Yeah, where it's like, you know, you can stop me, Superman, but mark my words, I will raise this entire city. Yeah, 
Yeah. You will... In this fight, there will not be a single thing left standing. Exactly. You will technically win. You may technically win, but at the, also, in the end... <laughs> also, hey, I gathered, like, some kryptonite and affixed it to this metal girder, and now I'm going to throw it at you like a giant arrow, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Sup with that? Ugh, yeah. I, I think that's got to... I think it's just... I think it's just Superman, though. Now, again, too, I'm, I'm trying to think back to some other really cool shit Magneto did. Uh, during the last days of, when he's, like, literally using his magnetic powers to try and push back the other planet. Yes, which is it's, it's amazing, but... Then then he takes a bunch of mutant growth hormones, so, he, like, he basically juices up to, like, make himself <laughs> god-level, and then he destroys a bunch of Ultimate Universe Sentinels. That's, oh, that's amazing. That is awesome. I, I really liked uh, Cullen Bunn's Magneto oh, book with him that, as like an antihero. That book was amazing. I would have liked to have seen that go a little further, but but isn't he writing the new Uncanny uh, X-Men book, is, which is I Magneto think. and his team? Yeah, so I guess we'll see something like that. I want the art to be like more like the other, like his like the Magneto run. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But yeah, so art. Superman, but I think, it would, I think the losses would be so great. Superman would not consider himself the victor. <laughs> Another favorite Magneto moment that I thought of right now is in Jimmy Palmiotti's What If Avengers vs. X-Men. Oh, yeah. Where literally in the first couple pages, Magneto did what he should have done in the main story. And that is, oh, you Avengers are starting trouble. Boom, I just crushed the shit that you were in and killed five of your guys. Yeah. I killed five of your heaviest hitters right away because that's what I can do. Because <laughs> that's how I roll, bitch. And that's, and that's how the book should have gone. That annoyed the crap out of me in that. So I'm like, why does Magneto not kill like five of these guys easy? Yeah. Um, that's a fight I'd like to see anyway. Just people, just just leaders who don't give a fuck, which is Magneto versus Namor. Mm, there's a good one right there. Um, okay, number two, Thor versus Lex Luthor. Which is interesting because you think after all these years, Lex Luthor hasn't been able to defeat a Thor-level type hero in Superman. Yes. But Thor is a very different animal to Superman. And in fact, Thor has kind of gotten his own Lex Luthor just recently in the comics with uh, Dario Agar, the uh, president of Roxxon. Right. I think I got to go to go with Luthor because Luthor is a genius and he I'm, I'm certain he knows Norse mythology. Oh, of course he will. And knows how to kill Thor. And if Dario Agar can beat Thor, not by being like a minotaur and not like beating him in fists, he beats him with red tape, yeah. which I love. Yeah, I think that, I think Lex is going to be like, oh no, you're just, uh, like, I, I, aliens, indestructible aliens are a problem for me, but Norse gods I can handle. Like, <laughs> I, I would imagine Lex Luthor would build such a wall around him of red tape and bureaucracy, Thor could never get at him in a million years. Yeah. I mean, if it's just Thor being like, yay, verily, fucketh you. Like, he just, like, goes through the, the, the tower and he's just like, that's the end of you. Then again, you have to think, too, stuff like his war suit and all this other stuff has been built solely to fight a Kryptonian. Would it be any good versus someone who's not a Kryptonian? Right, I think that his arsenal, his anti-Superman arsenal, would, would, would be a formidable opponent. I think that if it were a comic book, if it were just like, let's see this happen, obviously Thor would win. Uh, but it would be bloody and it would be hard. I think that Luther just being a ruthless bastard and being a genius, he would comb over every bit of Norse mythology and ultimately come out with some kind of defeat. 
you know what he would do? He would, let's not forget Thor, perhaps the worst loss he has suffered in the last little bit, was at the hands of a mere mortal by the name of Nick Fury. So yeah. I imagine Lex Luthor might pull the whispery bit where it's like, hey, 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 just, 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 just come here for just yeah. a minute. Oh, I'm unworthy now. Crap. I mean, like Thor could easily just be like, yeah, you've killed someone. Like you've killed an innocent and I arranged it. And <laughs> like he's, he is, don't count Luthor's brilliance out because just because he's lost to Superman every time doesn't mean that he wouldn't destroy a Superman-level character. What I love about Lex Luthor as a character is that he has always evolved and changed to match culture. Like, yeah. when he first appeared, he was a mad scientist because science was scary at the time. And in the <laughs> 90s, he became an evil businessman because, yep. you know, fuck the man, man, right. evil businessman. And now, currently, he's like... What would you call his job now? He's like some contractor for the government, some like Dick Cheney. Yeah, he is a Halliburton, Halliburton character. Yeah, exactly. Because those are like the most evil people now. I'm surprised that, you know, around like Occupy Wall Street, they didn't make him like some sort of Wall Street. Guy. Well, I guess yeah. he is being a businessman. He always has yeah, he's been. he's always been. I think that once they, I think once the burn era was like, no, he's a, he's a business mogul. He's a billionaire. Who's more evil than billionaires? And it's like, I can't argue with that. And that's going to be, that's the truth forever. All you have to and, do now is just occasionally, like, add things to that. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to make him say certain stuff. I, I loved in that uh, Superman Doomsday movie where he's such a genius. He's just like, uh, oh, hey, I got this guy working on the bird flu. I just came up with the cure for HIV. Oh, no, don't give it to people, though. <laughs> I, I, I I want this to be an annual. I want this to be a thing people have to pay for yearly. Yeah, right. I cured it, but slow it down, though. we got to make some <laughs> money off of this. Yeah. That, that's such a beautiful evil and, and again to like i think in a all-star superman where it's like you no know, if you wanted to save the world lex luthor you, you could have yeah. yeah exactly no you the fact is like you are not you yeah you if you would have you if you wanted to you would have already and for that brief second how he see how he perceives the universe how superman sees it yeah. I like and he the, understands and his mind is open i like the ending of the movie better because he learns from it yeah he actually learns a lesson and then the final one is just a badass fight anyway, and we've seen it a million times, which is Silver Surfer versus Doctor Doom. Yeah, this, you know, here's a fight. Yeah, we absolutely have seen it before. Seen... Doom's beaten him a million times, taking the sur taking the board, siphoned it off. Ultimately, Surfer breaks free, but only with the aid of the Fantastic Four. I think if it's just Thor, or I think if it's just if it's just Norin versus Victor, I think it's gonna go to Victor. And if we want to talk the Battle of the God Mods, and again, this is what this really is here. Yeah. I mean, Silver Surfer always gets to be on top because like, I have the power cosmic. It's the greatest, most amazing power that's ever been. <laughs> yeah. but, but what is the power cosmic, though? Mm. Right. What are your limitations? What does that mean? Where does it come from? Uh, <laughs> does it just mean you can shoot energy out of your fists or can you but create matter? But then Dr. Doom's like, yeah, well, I've had the power of the Beyonders multiple times and I remade the universe, so ha. Yeah, I think for to quote an old, uh, to, to use one of my senior quotes, I think I gotta go, the answer is Doom. Yeah, the answer is always gonna be Doom on this one. I would definitely say Dr. Doom wins this fight. And man, talk about Dr. Doom, a villain who had one of the worst times ever at the movies just recently, but yeah. is in the middle of probably one of the greatest comic stories told about him in a Easily very long time. one of the best Dr. Doom, like, villainy stories that they've done with the character. I don't. I wouldn't say it's number one, but it is... It's certainly up there. It's the biggest. I mean, obviously, he's the leader of everything. Like, and Yeah. Yeah. And he's still a bastard. Like, I think it's and, amazing. And that they're still rolling with him. Like, they've buried everyone else on the Fantastic Four, but he's a main player in Invincible Iron Man right now, and yeah. they don't know whether or not they should trust him. Yeah, I think that's awesome. 
And uh, that's the list. There's another list, but we'll just, so I, I think we'll just go to number one just because of how 90s-tacular it is. Oh, God. Oh, God, it is. And it was Nate Gray himself, the X-Man, versus Venom. Screw right off with that number one. You you should all be ashamed of that number. <laughs> I feel ashamed for you for that number one. Yeah. Like 20 years later, and I feel ashamed because of that number yeah. one. Uh, uh, it's Eddie Brock Venom, and it's Nate Gray. I mean, obviously Nate Gray beats him because he's, uh, uh, you know, stupid and power more powerful than anything. Even his name is dumb, X-Man. Get out of here with that shit, X-Man. <laughs> X-Man. I'm the X-Man. Like, fine. So, <laughs> thank you very much for playing with us in that ridiculous list. Um, we got we'll a lot of good material sometime. out of that one. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have fun with that again sometime. <laughs> I think we should. I think there should be a thing for the Elseworld Exchange. We read dumb lists and being like, nah, man, nah. No, no, this sucks. Uh, but we wanted to talk a little bit about rogues galleries and which one is the best and which one is the most underrated. Yes. Uh, now it's interesting because I've had this discussion with the gang a couple of times now. Um, we've talked about the fact that like, you know, obviously we go to Batman first because Batman has one of the most identifiable rogues galleries. Probably the most recognizable. And I mean, you know, if we want to talk like three dimensional villains, he probably has the most three dimensional villains. Easily. You can. The fact is, like, if you didn't, if Joel Schumacher isn't involved, you could tack every villain of his to a movie and it would be compelling and awesome. It's true. They are the Batman villains are the stars of their own stories, and in fact, they often do headline their own stories. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they do. Batman um, the animated series. Some of the best episodes of that show didn't even involve Batman. That's right. I mean, like, obvious. Most of the movies are about the villains, and Batman just happens to be in. Them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Batman is incredibly passive in almost all of the movies, except for like Batman Begins. Yeah. In every other one, the villain moves the story along, and Batman just kind just of reacts. reacts. Yeah. Uh, so. Which is weird, isn't it, that we haven't gotten past that? No, and they and they won't. Like it'll never get because it's because the fact is it's the most fun. Like yeah. the villains, if they're done well, are awesome and fun. Uh, and Batman is, you know, he has to play it straight. He's got to be like, he's not going to be nearly as fun as, as Keith Ledger's Joker or Mm -hmm. even, or even silly Bane. Like, like he's hilarious. And you really make the character ruined now. Oh, I'm always going to be this. (laughs) Two silly Banes from, you know, Oh, I was born in the darkest. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And and Bane smash. Uh, Dude, I I love Bane so much because I was a huge fan of the Secret Six, and they make him almost like Rocky esque. Yeah, in those where he's like, yeah, yeah, I used to be something. I, I beat the, you know, I broke the bat. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that was friggin' nineteen ninety six. Yeah, that's the, and everyone treats him like he's like, I I peaked too early in my career. You know, is the thing. I did, I did too good too fast, and I, and I've been like coasting on that achievement forever, but I've never really done anything else. And I'm like, wow. Bane is like a character with pathos and you yeah. feel sympathetic and bad for him. But then of course, new 52, they drop that completely. Oh, yeah. 
Which is so stupid, because, like, it's so funny. I remember Bane being like, I will own Gotham City. All I have to do is break the bat. And then he he breaks Batman's back. He throws him off the top of a building on some no-name street. And then he just goes back to where he was. His hideout goes, yes, I own Gotham now. You don't own shit. You haven't, you haven't gone to the mayor's office. You don't, you don't control an underworld. You have six crappy supporting characters. Who one never of them, come back. Yeah, one of them whom, one of whom is a falconer. You know, aren't aren't those guys a reference to like Doc Savage's crew from like yeah. the radio drama and shit? Oh yeah, a trog, short for troglodyte. Like, come on, That's, <laughs> you, you don't even have you you couldn't even afford like was like Tweedledee and Tweedledum or the Mad Hatter to help you out. Like, you gotta I, get trog. I, I, actually, I think I think in later stories when you know they made him like this crazy mercenary leader guy, I think like Trog and Falconer and all those other stupid names were like the call signs of the dude in his army. Like, this is Trog one, etc. Ah, I see. Which ain't a bad idea. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fair. That's that's fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, so okay, we got the Batman Rose Gallery. That's kind of like the one to beat. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think you will you will rarely do better than that. The only one that even comes close is, of course, the Spider-Man rogues gallery. Yes. The way I've always looked at it is, you know, if you have a mental ill, if you can name a mental illness, there's a Batman villain with it. And if you can name an animal, there's a Spider-Man villain who dresses up like that animal. That's right. And I always, as a kid, used to equate them. Basically, you could just say like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man has the best rogues gallery and Batman is too. And they're just equally, they're just that like Spider-Man has the most identifiable, best Marvel rogues gallery and Batman is the best DC one. But the fact is, and this is something we've discussed many times on back issues before, is that a lot of Spider-Man's villains suck balls. Is that they're just so bad and boring and crappy. And like, I like love so many of them. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and Dan Slott thinks he can do anything with them. Like he thinks that and any- And he often tries. Uh, yeah. But the fact is, like, either they're too powerful to be interesting mm. or they didn't really think it through. Like they're usually either pawns or they're or they're just villain of the week. Like okay, I gotta fight Scorpion again. But at the end yeah. of the day, like Scorpion's just a guy in a suit who fights. It's, it's, it's like what drives you know Matt Gargan? What drives the Scorpion? What is his pathos? What is his raison d'être? Yeah, you... and like sometimes they play with they play with that. They do something cool with that. Uh, but other times they're just like I don't know. Like maybe he does this. Like I don't know. The Rhino is gonna go. Rob a bank or the green goblin is like, well, like there are, there are peaks and valleys. Like you say with some of those rogues, remember that story flowers for rhino, which was the take on flowers for Algernon when it's like, let's make the the rhino really smart and see where that goes. It's very on the nose. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but they're definitely the most identifiable, but as the movies have proven. And I think that this is true. I think this is legitimately true. You can't, you, unlike Batman, you can't just grab any, you can't just blindly reach into the Spider-Man toy box, grab mm. any action figure and go, this movie! Like, you can't just go like, oh yeah, here we go, and then go, Electro! Proven. <laughs> <laughs> Electro by way of the Riddler, but I'm not gonna beat that dead horse. Yeah, that was, that That was not the most egregious part. The most egregious part was, A, sex-changing Dr. Ashley Kafka. For no reason. But keeping the name, and making them a Joel Schumacher character, like yeah. making them a Batman Forever character, where he's like, did, no! I'm like, whoa. Did, did, you, did you catch the bit with Electro when he goes to get his birthday cake out of the fridge? It's Electro colors. It's, you know, uh, green and yellow and everything else. Yeah. 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 
Thanks for that. Like, yeah. They'll yeah. like it. Trust me. They'll they'll notice. <laughs> uh, but what? But but some. Where so? What are some of the 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 underrated ones? The underdogs that should I think be noticed? So well, you know, I'm saying I, Spider-Man's the number one. I'm just saying like those are the ones you look at and you're like these are the most identifiable. Or well, you know, are... again, just to compare the two for a little bit, the way I've always felt about you know. Uh, what's it? The Batman's Rogues Gallery all represent something in him. They all like the best ones. You know, Two Face represents his duality. You know, Poison Ivy his fanaticism. You know, Joker yeah. obviously. You know, you're you're crazy just like me. Exactly. I'm the other side of you. Yeah. Yeah. With with Spider Man, it's so like they all challenge him in a certain way, but more on like a physical power sort of way, where you know it's like a uh, Doc Ock. I'm a genius like you, you know, uh, Vulture. You know, I, I I you can swing, but I can fly. Well, for me, it's it's always been like I I feel like the animal thing has only been explored with uh, Spider Man Blue and Straczynski's yeah. run with the totems. Yeah, Which, that's right. But uh, for me, it's always been science gone wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone is like, yeah, is some horrible science gone yeah, wrong? Yeah, because that, that's what Spider Man is. Spider Man's like Spider Man gets his powers from science gone wrong. Uh, an animal got in the way of uh, an experiment radiation, an open experiment radiation, just out in the open, no radiation suits whatsoever. Uh, everyone in that in that class got cancer. But like, <laughs> the fact is, you know, Spider Man gets his powers from science gone wrong. Electro, uh, you know, even Chameleon to, to some extent, you know. And that's why in Ultimate Comics, they're just like, hey, you know what? They all got it from the same science accident. They're nice and clean. Yeah, it's very clean. The Ultimate Universe, man, Ultimate Spider-Man, thought went into it, effort went into it, and it was just very... Even Spectacular Spider-Man did it oh, good, man. where they're like, okay, so we need a bunch of, like, crazy costume supervillains to fight Spider-Man so we, the mob, can continue to sell drugs and prostitution and gambling and everything. Yeah. Oh man, that was a that was a brilliant move on their part. Let's go. We've done Kingpin before. We the, the 90s were never going to compete with that. Let's do Tombstone. Keith David is just Man, Tombstone is a super underrated villain. I really like him. He's got a cool look. He's got a cool name. Also has a cool background that he's an albino kid from Harlem where it's yeah. like, "Well, that's cool." Yeah. I always hated Tombstone and I always was like, "Oh man, it's another Tombstone story." But the movie or the the cartoon did a really nice job with the character and I was like, "Well, yeah, you got to do uh, Keith David. Number 1, it's a Greg it's a Greg Weissman show. And number yep. 2, uh yeah, whenever you can get Keith David, get him. Lonnie Lincoln, man. Yeah. Um so all right, who are some who are some underdogs? Who are some underrated? I would throw out Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. Daredevil's rogues gallery is interesting, and I have to take my hat off to Mark Wade for kind of reaching deep in there and being like, okay, Stuntmaster. I'm going to tell a story about Stuntmaster and why he's cool and why he's dangerous and why he kind of messes with, you know, Daredevil's powers. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, even with the classic ones, but even then, like, when you go with, like, when you go classic, there's really only, like, three or four. It's like, true. You're like, and Kingpin, and, like, you can't, and, like, Kingpin's a Spider-Man villain. But you put him in with Daredevil, and he's a way more interesting and, and intriguing villain. You change his dynamic completely. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, those superhero texts, but it's great because there's a bit where, you know, Spider-Man is talking to Daredevil and goes, oh, man, we're going to have to go fight, uh, we're going to have to fight the, uh, oh, God, what's his crew of guys he sends to fight Spider-Man? The Enforcers? Spider yeah, the Enforcers. Like, yeah, man, we're going to have to fight the Enforcers. Are you ready, Daredevil? He's like, dude, the Enforcers, I fight, like, the Hand and Bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 he has two separate groups of villains to oppose us? I didn't know, I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, you want to fight Ringmaster? And, <laughs> no. 
friggin' ra- uh, also guys like you know like uh like like the Merc guys I like like Bushwhacker and yes. Bullet. I think those guys are kind of fun when used in the right context. Oh yeah, well especially if you put Bushwhacker up against like Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah. And then they, his face gets cut off by Moonblades. <laughs> Who are some other, like, well, I, I guess Nuke is technically a Daredevil Nuke villain. Nuke is a Daredevil villain. I thought he was a Captain America villain, but I think he is a Daredevil villain. Th- that's the odd thing about Rogue's Gallery. Sometimes a character is created for a hero, but doesn't really start flying until they start, like, screwing with another hero. Yes. Uh, Typhoid Vandal Mary. Savage oh. is a perfect example of that. Yes. Vandal Savage is technically a Green Lantern villain. Right. Because he premiered in a Green Lantern book, but he didn't get awesome until he started messing with, like, the bigger uh, DC universe. Yeah, Typhoid Mary, another really cool one. I hope we see her on the TV show. I hope so. I kind of hope they do a neat thing. Like, she was a prostitute, and, like, Daredevil pushes her out a window. Like, I hope they do that. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's definitely in keeping with the theme. Mm. You could legitimately have it be, like, Punisher shows up and fills the room with bullets and instead of whoever was whoever did that. But you got Bullseye, Kingpin, Typhoid Mary, uh, technically the Punisher kind of is the Daredevil villain, but he's also a Spider-Man villain. Or a superhero. <laughs> Depending on who's writing him that week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, but I, I don't, Daredevil doesn't have like a plethora. It's not like he has an, an asylum full of supervillains. No, he but... doesn't. And, and like the guys he has, one of his most endearing villains is a joke villain, Stiltmaster yeah. or Stiltman. 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 He, he thinks he's a master, but he's not. Yeah, Stiltman sucks. <laughs> Stilt, Stiltman sucks. And yet when that Daredevil show came out, it's like, dude, but we got to drop references to Stiltman though. Cause yeah. he's one of the few Daredevil villains. People know they're going to lose their friggin' mind. Is he still alive in the comics or do they kill him? Cause I know they, that Punisher killed him and then they kind of like, were, yeah, they, let's just... they've, they've had so many multiple, people wear his suit i think there was a new guy wearing the suit oh, okay just yeah, who is in the stilt man suit does not matter no. is the great ultimate thing it's just the fact there needs to be a silly guy named stilt man yeah that's true um i know you were very excited to talk about the flash's rogues gallery yeah because you know i think i have always felt the flash's rogues gallery is super underrated and i think the fact is now because of the tv show people are starting to realize that now and kind of give them their due in a way they never have before i agree uh it's funny because I never regarded the Flash as a, as a young person reading comics. I was always like, Flash, whatever, I don't care. One of Superman's powers, cool, shoot, who cares? Yeah. But uh, his rogues gallery, while I also was like, who cares? Some of them are Batman ripoffs, um, even though clearly not. Uh, <laughs> they're very identifiable. They got great gimmicks, great designs that great have kind gimmicks of Great gimmicks and designs, exactly. They lay, and that's, I think, a great qualification for an epic rogues gallery is, number one, a plentiful group. Number two, really great costumes, designs. And number three, a direct connection or reflection of the hero. Yeah. So you got Captain Cold, who's amazing. Uh, Mirror Master. Uh, what's who, who is who is Scottish, which I like. Yeah. Um, as, as a Scottish it, man, myself. I like the fact, too, with Mirror Master, it's like, you know, dude, you have God-level powers. You right. can do amazing things. But you're a dumbass jewel thief, though, yeah, who doesn't knows? know how good you have it. You understand, there are a lot of mirrors in jewelry stores. Like, again, that's the beautiful thing, I think, about, you know, about the Flash villains in comparison to Flash. Flash is a man using his amazing skill to realize his potential yes. and do amazing things, where his villains are stuck with this tunnel vision where they can do amazing things too. But they, yeah. But they, but they obsess over them. robbing banks. Right? Uh, uh, what's his name? The Trickster? Trickster Trickster is fun. And even his son, you know, because Trickster had a son and Captain Boomerang had a son and they got to be characters. And Captain Boomerang, which I really like. 
Cap- yeah. Captain Boomerang. Man, Jeff Johns wrote him such a dark origin story. Do you do you remember what his origin story was remember, when Johns wrote? Are you, are you talking about his son or about the actual Captain Boomerang? Like, no, like 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 the actual Captain Boomerang. I do not I remember his they, change, but I remember they, him. Being... They told it briefly after he came back to life. He got like a special oh, okay. focused issue on himself, and it's you know he lived in Australia with his family. Yes, the accent is real. And every day in the mail, new boomerangs would show up from this American toy company, and he wouldn't know why. And then later that night, his father would beat him, and he wouldn't know why. And it wasn't until he was an adult and took a vacation to America that he found out, oh, this guy who runs the toy company had an affair with my mother when she was in Australia. I'm his kid, not my dad's. This is why he keeps sending them to me. And then the guy says, well, hey, you know what? We can hang out now. I want boomerangs to be the hip new thing in America. You got to be Captain Boomerang. You'll be the spokesmodel for these toys. Mm-hmm. And he did, and it was a huge, massive failure because American kids have video games and don't give a shit about boomerangs. No, exactly. And then in his anger, he's like, "Oh well, I got to make up for all this money I lost. I know I'll use the costume to go rob a bank." Right. And then the flash stops him, and then there's this really tragic moment where you know he gets a letter from his mother to come home. She's died of cancer, and they're at the funeral. And his dad and his brother like, you should never have come back. You know, Harkness, you should never have come back. And he picks up one of his boomerangs and he chops their heads off. Uh, that's awesome. And he's like, I never even felt it left my hand. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, the dark origins and pathos of Captain Boomerang. Right? Like, oh, shit. Captain Boomerang got fucking intense. Yeah. Uh, I'll also throw this out there. Grodd. Grodd. Grodd is super cool. Who's a character that I never gave a crap about. Again, until that cartoon show mm-hmm. with that amazing voice actor, uh, Grodd. Who played Grodd? Was it Powers Grodd, Booth? I, I want to say yes. He was amazing. Grodd is wonderfully evil is the thing, too. Like, he's, like, definitive supervillain where he's like, no, this is my life and this is what I do. Well, like, and I love Grodd in as much as he, he also has tunnel vision where he's like, he could do all these amazing, cool things. And he wants to turn everyone into gorillas. <laughs> Plus, you get like the whole gorilla city thing, the and like how he's city the thing. Oh my god! And how he's like the black sheep of this, you know, utopian society where yeah. everything's cool. But he's got to be the one outlier. He's got to be the guy who goes no. Yeah. And he's kind of like that, you know, brains and sophistication, but literally in the body of a savage monster. Right, exactly. So he and never like, can. Like, and, you, and you get that great moment when, like, the veneer of civility washes away when he's fighting and he just becomes like a, a screaming, a monster, yeah. just hammering on uh, stuff. Yes. And you're like, oh, you're, you're rocking that as a reflex, huh? This this is the real you. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, don't forget about Aobard. Aobard, the reverse flash, man. Again, Jeff Johns turned what is just a silly palette swap. What a silly of a character, villain. like idea, and then turned it into something that is character defining. S- character defining and also terrifying is yeah. the thing too. I remember. I think it was it was either in Flashpoint or it was in the lead up to it, where Barry's narrating and he says, "You know, m- me and Bruce, we would often talk about the ta- in the tower about who had the worst psychopath villain, the Joker, right. Eobard Thawne." And he says, you know, the thing about the Joker is I lock him away every so often, but Thawne can literally get at you at any moment in time or space. Yeah. He, he will always come at you, and he lives to hurt you for no reason. He killed your dog. He changed history so you wouldn't become friends with a kid. Yeah. And then he just killed your mom just because. Yeah. 
It's true. I mean, like, you know what? I will give it to him. I mean, like, there are other contenders, I'm sure. Uh, Fantastic Four is a great rogues gallery. Mm -hmm. Kind of. You know what? Their rogues gallery is Doctor Doom. And I know that you could be like, oh, no, but like Mole Man. And like, but the fact is, you know, just by Doctor Doom alone, you're like, okay, we're good. But Fantastic Four is a great rogues gallery. You know, hey, and the Super Scroll and Galactus. Super Scroll Galactus is an amazing one. Uh, Silver Surfer to some degree as well. you know, but at the same time, the, the Council of Reed—I would say Reed's own ego—is a gigantic villain. Oh yeah, Stumbling Block, Kang the Conqueror. Uh, Kang, yeah, Kang, who we will sadly never see in a thing because he first appeared in a Fantastic Four movie, but wouldn't become <sighs> Kang until uh, until like an Avengers book. Yeah, 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 it's true. But uh, I, I don't want to dwell on it too long because I just wanted to be like, you know what? There are. Every every great villain or every great hero is a great villain. Every great villain has a few people he teams up with that you eventually call a rose gallery. Uh, but Punisher think- had some interesting guys too. Of course, the thing with the Punisher is they don't last very he long. He can't have a rose gallery, and if he does, then they have to be fucking epic. And like, Jigsaw they, they, is not epic. No, and they keep trotting out Jigsaw, and even Garth Ennis tried to make Jigsaw awesome. Yeah. And he tried to be like, no, you see, Jigsaw is the opposite of Frank Castle in every way where, you know, Frank Castle is, you know, this strong, silent type, get the job done. You know, Jigsaw can't shut the hell up and he can't stop swearing and everything. He's just like this disgusting, you know, garbage man. Yes. (laughs) Garbage man. He's Um, this disgusting garbage man. (laughs) And I wanted to bring this this team up as well, but it's technically a team, but the X-Men. I think yeah. they are another contender for the for the at least the most epic and uh, most identifiable rogues gallery. Because there's a lot of really good evil mutants. Because and you could pretty much do a movie like you could do a movie about Mystique. You could do a movie about Ap- Apocalypse, Magneto, you should. Uh, Mr. Sinister. You could do like epic swaths of characters. Because yeah, there's so many different teams. Because you know you got your Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. You yep. got your Marauders. Yep. You got uh, friggin' the, the Horsemen. Uh, you've got uh, yep, the Acolytes. Yep. I mean like. There's you got uh, the Church of Humanity, which, man, if Fo- if this wasn't handled by Fox, I think those guys would kill as villains. An evil Westboro Baptist mutant-hating church. That is so frustrating. We haven't seen a representative of that because, like, who's going to argue? Like, who's going to flip out at your at your parody of the Westboro Baptist Church? Fox, that's who. That's unbelievable. The, the one group who would freak uh, out yeah, about it is the company so. that owns it. You mean the it. one that flipped out about how... Uh, about the Serpent Society? Like, yeah. Captain America hates Republicans. I'm like, if you identify with the, with Serpent, the Serpent Society, society you are also wrong. Nazis, I, I love you're that an too. idiot. That story pissed me off so much because it's like, you don't have one temp, one intern who goes, um, guys, the, the Serpent Society, they're, ju- they're just the KKK with snake masks instead of hoods. Right, some intern who's like, hmm? <laughs> oh, oh Hell, Hellfire Club? That's a, see, Hellfire I love the Hellfire Club. Club. Because, again, it's beauty and simplicity where, you know, the X-Men and the Brotherhood are like, no, you know, rights of mutants. No, we hate humans. The Hellfire Club is like, no, we are going to use our amazing powers to be hedonists is the thing. Just sex, drugs, rock and roll all the time. Which is an amazing idea. It Uh, is. You could also just throw out Juggernaut. Juggernaut's an amazing villain all on on his own. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but, but once again, another contender. But I think, and this is something that I just, like, I don't necessarily, I don't read a lot of Flash. I'm not a really big Flash guy, but I will say his rogues are a great reflection of the character. Yes, very much so. And I never would have in a million years have expected it. But it's true. And it, it, like, 
they don't tout it as much, but like uh, the one that I'm just kind of wrapping it up a little bit. I'm trying to trying to bring it all to a close. But the point being, like the the thing that kind of sealed it for me, the thing that made me get look twice at the Flash's villains was that moment in Forever Evil. Mm. Captain Cold froze. Uh, oh crap, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Quick's leg. Yeah, yeah. And he's like the thing about it is, I have respect for him. Yeah, but I don't respect. <laughs> You're like, oh, like that's really cool because I love that idea that some of the Flash's villains are just like, no, like we're kind of friends. <laughs> the, they're villains, but they're villains with a code. No women, no children. Yeah, like, you know, we got a thing. We're not all crazy assholes. We just got powers and want money. I don't understand. I get why I'm going to jail. I belong there. It's I'm true because those villains would never make it in Gotham because they're like, no, those guys are crazy. Right. Like we tell each other Joker stories to make to scare each other. Uh, yeah, we're, we're perfectly normal. We just really like robbing banks and costumes we is just the think thing. Because listen, for every Flash uh, victory, you know, there's an acquittal and there's a big pile of money I hid in my mom's house. <laughs> we'll be back on the street in no time. But I, I love the bit in the Justice League animated series oh, yes. when Trickster, voiced by Mark Hamill, is at the bar and like Orion and Batman are ready to jump him and just break every bone in yeah. his body. And Flash, like, and Flash no. is like, I, I got this. Now, hey, you've been taking your pills? No. Yeah. Well, you got to go back to the hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah. But will you come by and play board games with me? He's like, yeah, I sure will, Trickster. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You, you, and that's, I think that's a beautiful Flash moment because oh, it's like you said, we're weirdly kind of friends and we help each other out yeah, sometimes. That mo I love, that's, that's literally that sums up the Flash for me is Trickster going, got me again, Flash! Like, <laughs> it's freaking amazing! And of course, only, uh, only voiced by Mark Hamill could that be as endearing and beautiful as it was. Because he because he was the actual actor in the 90s Flash show and then he's the trickster again on I the I heard that. I, ugh, that's amazing that he got to he's, do the trickster He's again. amazing. He chews every piece of scenery. If you watch no other episode good. of Flash, you need to watch that one. He I is will, a master he is at work. so good. And he deserves, Mark Hamill deserved a, a bigger career than the one he got. I mean, look, yes, he's, yeah. he's Luke fucking Skywalker. And I'm not saying he'll be like pigeonholed in that character, but I'm saying like, listen, you're a Titan. You're like, you're Luke fucking Skywalker. Like you will be that forever. You like when the, when the cities are but dust, you will still be Luke Skywalker. And but, the Joker can't take that away from and you. The Joker, they can never take that away from you. But I wish that he had been in more stuff. Like I wish that they had, that they had tried a couple more times to give him something. Well, you and know, not just wing command. Ho 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 horrible motorcycle crash. I think really. He doesn't look that bad. I mean, like <laughs> we saw him in the uh, as the trickster back in the Flash. That was like 1991. He looked okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's just the fact that he is Luke fucking Skywalker. You're like, listen, we got Luke Skywalker, man. Oh, also too. Uh, while we're on the subject, uh, yeah. Captain America. Captain America, I think, has a really lousy Rose Gallery. Just because they made them better. He has a handful of good ones, like Red Skull, obviously, immortal Nazi. Can't Baron mess with Zemo, that. Baron Zemo, Crossbones—they're all immortal Nazis. But see, Crossbones, I like. Yes. Because Crossbones is just like the perfect example of like a villainous shit kicker of just like you know, I am a scumbag, thug for money, no job, too dirty. I will totally do it. But then he kind of gets taken in and becomes like the surrogate son of like the most evil Nazi ever. And he's like, yeah, this guy's showing me the way to real super villainy. <laughs> I liked his portrayal in the Secret Wars Red Skull miniseries. Mm, that was good. for an issue, but he's amazing in that. I mean, that yeah, issue... and then he comes back at the end. Yeah, yeah that series was fucking great. It was. I also like that he's, he's you know, stooping the Red Skull's daughter, too, yeah. which is also kind of fun. Yeah. 
He's like, man, this is, this is a good deal for me. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm winning on all fronts. Yeah, yeah, good on <laughs> Everything's coming up Brock Rumlow. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he's going to be the villain in the new one, probably. He's going to be one of, I'm sure, many villains in yeah. that movie. I can't also, I, got... I, I like they've given him power armor in yeah. that. Yeah. I can't believe they got they put Batrock the Leaper in the movie. And that he was cool. And that he was and... fun. <laughs> he, like, really, he did a great job. I, I'm the master of Sivorte, yeah. Captain America. We will fight oh, now. I will kick you. <laughs> I'll kick you with my feet. Oh, I have big strong good. legs. Like, thank you. <laughs> yes, Sivorte, it is a French martial art. <laughs> Don't you mean karate? No, I mean Sivorte. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Nuke, we kind of mentioned before. Nuke, I love yeah. Nuke. Just like a berserk flag waving. I, I tattooed a flag on my face. Right, yeah. Um, There's some, no coming back from that. Kyle Baker also mentioned Arnim Zola. Forgot about him, and I don't know how. Big, big German TV face guy. Yeah. What's not to love about it? I remember his role in an Excalibur story that was amazing. And I, I can't remember how it goes, but it's uh, that's when I was first introduced to Zola. Was in an Excalibur book, and I'm yeah. like, who is this lunatic in a freaking co-? like that's oh in a. In a and technically, Taskmaster is also a uh, Captain America villain, and when done right, awesome. You want to talk about an amazing fight? I want to see Taskmaster versus Prometheus. Who wins that fight? Oh man! Who who wins the battle of the copy masters? Yeah, right. I mean, I feel like eventually they would just stop. <laughs> like, is that a fight that just goes on forever? You copy me, I copy you. You copy me, I copy you. Yeah. Well, eventually, my hope would be that like the the, the cleverness would kick would kick in, where it's like, well, if you make a copy of a copy, they don't come out as good as. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he just does the same move over and over again. I'm keep copying that one move. No, and then and then, it, then you find the chink in the armor. And, and Prometheus is back as of recently in oh, the no pages way. of Mid. Yeah, he's in Midnighter of all things. He's been revealed to be the guy pulling the strings in Midnighter. Oh, that's cool. Good for him. Yeah, I thought I'm like, hey, that's cool. Big, you know, time Batman villain getting uh, premiered in Midnighter. I like that. And, I, and it makes makes more sense for him to be a Midnighter villain because Midnighter with the whole computer in his brain, yeah. Prometheus, a guy who can copy stuff. Right. I like that. I like that better. I like him not being associated with Batman. And I, I haven't read any of Midnighter besides the first two issues, I think. The first two issues uh. was what I read. And I was like, OK, that's cool. Moving on. I got a lot of I got a lot of the books to read. Pretty much. Uh, another good one the chat had there. Who, who was like the Grand Emperor or the Grand whatever? He, he was a Captain America at one time, but he became the leader of like an evil white supremacist group. He, he, he had a name like like the Grand Emperor, the Exalted, whatever, because it's like a play on actual Ku Klux Klan stuff. Oh, Jesus. No, I do not remember the the, the Klansman bad guy from Captain yeah, America. From, yeah, he was like he was like he was Captain America at one point, but they had like brainwashed him or something. And he was leading this evil white supremacist group. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> Iron Man's Rogue Galaxy. There's a that. sad there's a sad rogues gallery. His, Iron his rogues gallery sucks so much. It that really in the third ruined. one, they made Killian into the Mandarin and Fin Fang Foom. Like, you could do three different things, you know? And they're like, no, we'll put them all in one character. Well, heck, even in the second one, you had, like, Whiplash, who wasn't really Whiplash because no. he was, like, Whiplash and Crimson Dynamo. Yes. And they, they had to fuse a bunch of his villains together to get something even halfway it's decent. It's true. Okay, Kyle says it's the Grand Director. Thank you, the Grand... I knew, but, you know, like the Grand Dragon, so yeah. there you go. I mean, you could just... Yeah, you could have just called him Grand Dragon. I think that would have been fine, but... 
What, but does the actual KKK own like the right to that word? Because they're they're good at that. They know their legalese. Dude, they, the, the Hell's Angels sued Marvel UK. I talked about this oh, no because kidding. yeah, because they had created a character for their books oh, yeah. called called Hell's Angel, and they got sued, and the bikers won. That was in your uh, in your in your show. The uh, that was there. The Nerd Sync show. Yeah, go, go, go check out Super Suits, everyone. It's a show I do over there. <laughs> go watch it and like it so Joel can make money for Christmas. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that... I think Flash, the unsung hero of this of this conversation, and... Uh... I, I would also say, too, and I'm sure this will get laughed at, and indeed it is right unless you're readily knowledgeable about it, Wonder Woman has villains who are good in theory but needed an animated series treatment is the thing. Wonder Woman's villains are either you don't know who they are. Like, I feel so bad that everyone always goes to Cheetah. Cheetah because, because she was on like because <laughs> she was on Super Friends, that's why. Well, she's the only one who like has a costume and does stuff. Like the other ones are like whatever, or, like they're gods or they're Well, that, you know, then you whatever. got like Silver Swan and Genocide and a bunch of guys from the Golden Age where it's like, "Ooh, all you needed was the Bruce Tim animated yes. series treatment is what you needed and you probably would have been fine." Yeah, was to do something cool with that and You need you needed to get reworked in a big way. And people forget that that a lot of the villains we love now you know in batman are because of the animated series like the penguin and the riddler were kind of on their way out they were like you know 60s joke character yep. but and they got revitalized mr freeze mr freeze the penguin and the riddler all walked out of there with a way and and, and two-face i would say yeah. as well uh man the riddler man the riddler's good yeah and that voice actor oh my background on my phone is a uh mondo cover uh, you know, they do those posters. Mm -hmm. I got, uh, if you're so smart, why aren't, why aren't, aren't you, you rich? rich? It's amazing. Which is a beautiful line, too. Oh, my God. It's so, that ugh, the Riddler is so amazing. Only when he's done properly. Riddler's Reform is an amazing episode. Yeah, it uh, is. Just, just, yeah, but, the, but you have to remember, like, only in the care of and outside of, like, continuity restrictions can some of these characters, like, really grow. And, 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 and I like was amazing as well. I forgot about that. You see, here, okay, I'm glad you mentioned Clock King because Clock King is technically a Green Arrow villain and I yes. love Green Arrow and Green Arrow is similarly in an Iron Man situation where yeah. most of his villains suck or most of his villains have been taken by like other heroes yeah. like Clock King. Yeah. Uh, like, like there's some guys I like, like Brick is cool, but you know, Brick is like, you know, a, you know, a more urban version of the Kingpin. Right. And it's like, you know, oh, you shoot sharp sticks. Well, guess what? My skin is made of brick, so you can't hurt me. <laughs> Yeah. And Green Arrow's like, yeah, but what if I take one of these and stab you in the eye with it? Then what? You're not brick everywhere, dude. <laughs> exactly. And then you got uh, you got Merlin, who, again, might as well just be, hey, I'm evil you. I'm right. also an archer. <laughs> and, oh, my God, they have overcomplicated Merlin in the new 52 in a ridiculous degree, and I blame the goddamn TV show That's for it. That's the worst, is, is overly complicating your villains. Your villains need to be rock simple so that you can tell any story with them. Like, they're... they're you don't need to complicate them just to make just to make them deep. Like, uh, Doctor Light, not. I don't think he's technically a Green Arrow villain, but he was used to best effect in Green Arrow stories. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if he was. I don't remember what kind of. I don't remember whose villain he was supposed to be. I think he was I, actually. I don't know if he was a Flash villain or if he was a. Uh, or he was a Green I want to say he's a Titans villain. Actually, I think you're Dr. right. Light. I think he is a Titans villain. But uh, but yeah, I, I think actually this the Rose Gallery conversation. We're gonna have to talk about this again and and really like really just hit a list. Just like this, 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 this. 
Deathstroke, another instance of, you know, a Titans villain, but in recent years has been tied more closely to Batman. Oh, and again, yeah. those Judd Winnick stories. I think it's really good run with him there. I think it's I think it's a combination of the Judd Winnick stories and the video game. The, vi the man, the video games have done like so much to like move characters around because by the time they got to the third arc, it's like, oh, we used up most of the Batman villains. Yeah, who, it's true. Now. I was uh, amazed at their restraint with those games, by the way, like in the first game <laughs> where they're like, no, he's not going to fight Clayface. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but then, you know, later. Yeah. Also, again, I think it's further enough now that I can, you know, talk about it. Man, Arkham Knight, what a lie that no. they all told <laughs> yeah. us about the. I'm not going to spoil it outright, okay. but what a lie. Mm -hmm. With Jeff Johns, like, no, no, it's it's an original villain. I've been working with oh, uh, yeah. with the team very closely. Oh, it's someone you've never seen before. Totally original. You liar. Oh yeah. Well, no, they just didn't want to lose units. It's just you know. And, and not only was it a lie, but it was obvious too. Where it's just like I knew from the first second I saw the Arkham Knight who he was, mm -hmm. but you kept telling me I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's frustrating. <laughs> you know who's not going to make a list of great villains? The Arkham Knight. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Arkham Knight ain't gonna be on no great rogues gallery. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I remember when they invented when they released the thing for Arkham. I was like, really? This is where we're going? Like you couldn't three games in. Yeah. How about you make Riddler the main villain in this one? How about you make Scarecrow the main villain, which it looked like they that's where they were that. going. That's what I was, and by the way, when they did that, I was like, no, Scarecrow's the main villain. I don't care. Oh, but they gave him a sick ass redesign, though. Oh, he was great. No, he was amazing. But like, I don't want him to be the puppet master or in charge of the game. Like, I wanted him to be like have another amazing level, like he did in those last two games. Yeah, which great moments so there, good. man. Uh, so, so, so yeah, I mean, you want to wrap this up because I imagine we've already been talking for an yeah, hour. Yeah, it's 30. been a little over an hour, so we gotta. We got we gotta end the show because brevity is the soul of wit, my friends. Is you gotta keep it short, you gotta keep it tight. Otherwise, you gotta leave the audience wanting more. You gotta want make them want it, and want another episode. So, uh, as we as we roll towards the end, I want to thank my wonderful guest Joel for being on the show. I want to thank our amazing thank chat for participating in the conversation, helping us out in a couple of places, and also and for correcting us as as the chat is saying now. Doctor Light first appeared in a Justice League story. Thank, thank you, very you for much. that. Uh, and also want to thank the the viewers at home who are watching this post show. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe and check us out. And if you want to check out Joel's channel, Caped Joel, go to the description Please box do. down below. Click the link. Give him some. Give him some love. Give. Him I, some I I do lots of fun stuff. I review most of the big comic book shows, and you can check out my new-ish series, The Rack Attack, where I run down five of my favorite comics that I read this week. Obviously, some of these will have full reviews over on the other channel, but some of them are just books that you know I just like that I like talking about. Exactly, and that's that's what it's all about, man. Making stuff you like for people who like the back. Mm, talk talk about the Southern Bastards, man. Jason oh, Aaron, man. that's a good book. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for watching and checking us out. And we'll see you guys next week with another all new episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. And uh, yeah, I still got to come up with some kind of ending for this. Because I was just like, yeah, and uh, bye. Yeah, well, yeah, we need some sort of sign off there. You know, it, exchange out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll try Exchange that. elsewhere. Yeah, ex no. <laughs> Up and Adam, onward and upward. Up and Adam, Excelsior. We can't use that one. We gotta it's use been taken. Else. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. In, right. Enjoy your burrito. No one's taking that. Okay. Enjoy your burrito, ladies and gentlemen. It, it is taken. That's the Nerdist. That's oh, their sign-off. <laughs> All good sign-offs are taken. I was legitimately like, well, that's a terrible sign-off. There's no way they'll use that. Oh, no, the Nerdist uses that. <laughs> oh, Jesus, really? They have, they have a staff. I don't understand how that got through. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know, what bar, but again, that's also taken. Yeah. Yeah, I saw your tweet. We got the new shirt. <laughs>
th th thanks, OSW. I'm a big fan of you guys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I guess I'll end it the way I usually end my shows, which is thanks for watching and keep on reading. <laughs>